What's the one thing you need to know about the homes on reality TV? They're just not realistic. Today's idea of reality in TV, media, and culture set up unreal expectations of what a home should be. Realtor.com encourages people to stop letting media define their home buying reality for them because only you know what you really need. Realtor.com comes with all the tools and features you need to find a home that's right for you, whether that be price tracking, school searches, text alerts. It's not about finding a dream home, but a home you can dream in. Find homes for the real of us on Realtor.com. This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. And I'm your co-host, Kaylin Less. Every year, people set goals and no one succeeds alone. Yet, what many of us don't realize is uh, our current goal setting practices lead to us trying to succeed by ourselves, even though we've got a team or we're part of a larger organization. And Jeff, we are getting ready for our goal setting retreat. And as we were prepping and starting to do the work to show up at that retreat and be successful, We thought we'd share a little bit of our process and what we've seen out in the world and in our own with you, our listeners. Yeah. So for for you, understand that the, the purpose of this episode is to share best practices of what we do inside our organization. And for when we go into companies to facilitate these types of workshops, the best practices so that you can identify how many things? One thing. That's right. So you can identify one thing you can do differently this year. Now, if you are listening to this right when it comes out, know that the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat that we facilitate each year is right around the corner. It is literally last call to join us here in Austin. Uh, We've been looking at who's showing up. And just to let you know, it's not just for couples. 50% of the room is going to be couples. The other 50% are business partners, teams, and individuals. And we've got tracks for each. So if you're coming as an individual or the business partner, we've got a track that is specific to you. If you're interested in learning about the retreat or the online master course, if you want to have it facilitated anywhere in the world, just go to the one thing.com slash event. That's with the number one in the URL, the one thing.com slash event and learn more. With that, let's get into the episode. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Jeff, why are we having this conversation? We're having the conversation because we're in that season, that goal-setting season, when people are thinking about their upcoming year, they're planning their goals. And as we've gone through this ourselves and led leaders and other organizations through this process, we've realized that there are some surprisingly simple things 
that we can do that would change a lot of the challenges that I think people experience with their teams and inside their companies. What are some of those challenges that we're seeing? I'll, I'll ask it to you who's listening to this. Have you ever experienced in your job where maybe you weren't 100% clear on where the organization or your team was going? Or maybe you questioned what piece of the overall vision you owned. Not just the things that got put on your place, but truly, if, if this is where the ship is going, what's your role? Very clearly. Have you ever wondered what to do when priorities shift throughout the year? Where you should be focusing? Or maybe if you work with, with a team, what do you do when you're clear on your priorities, but you also understand that in order to achieve those, you need the support of other people that do not report to you. And you're not 100% sure you're aligned. We see these as being some of the top challenges when we go into companies. People don't know what the priorities are. They don't know what to do when priorities change. And they have no clue what to do when they have interdependencies and they don't know if they're aligned. Part of it goes all the way back to that period of when they set their goals. Are they setting them alone? Or are they actually involving the people who are vital to the success? That makes a lot of sense. A lot of organizations are trying to tackle the idea of setting goals as a team, but their process maybe isn't as reflective of that team commitment and that team uh, success as one might think. Yeah. What we often see is the leader will say, this is where we're going. Here's our plan or here's our objectives. And then people take them. And if it's especially if it's inside a large organization, they said, okay, well, that's what my boss said. So here's what we're going to do to that. And they hand it down to their direct reports and they hand it down to their direct reports. Yet nobody ever felt a sense of buy in. The, they weren't involved in the, they, like you would say, Kalen, they, they were not co authors of that plan. And whether or not their feedback ended up in the final product, they just didn't feel like they had a say. I follow that, Jeff, by saying that in, Many organizations, they're moving so quickly that there doesn't even feel like there's much time to have a say. You've just got to achieve the thing that you set out to do because someone said it needs to be done yesterday. Yeah. Jeff, then what's the alternative? What's a process from a one thing perspective that we can bring to teams that will help them do it differently and maybe more effectively? Yep. That's the purpose of this episode is for us to help you understand how you can take the principles of the one thing, traditional goal setting, practices and apply them to your team. Apply them to your organization. Because when you do, here's the benefit. Suddenly people really have clarity. People have clarity on where the team or the company is going overall. And based on that, the piece that they actually own, they're clear on what to do when priorities change. And they're clear on what to do when they don't succeed alone, when they have interdependencies and they want to make sure that they're aligned. You will know you're successful in this episode, if as we talk, you can reflect back on, great, how did I do this in the past? And based on what I'm hearing in this episode, what's one thing I can do differently? If you can identify one thing you can do differently this goal setting season, that's a win for you. Awesome. Where do we start? I think we have to go all the way back to what is the purpose of a goal? Do you remember what the answer is? Yes. So the purpose of a goal, most people think that it's to achieve a result. When we ask many people, that's their gut reaction. Well, you set a goal to achieve a result. But the truth of the matter is that the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. 
how can my activities right now in this moment inform the things that I want to achieve this week, this month, this year, and someday from now? Yeah. And, and something that's core, if that is the purpose of a goal, then would it make sense for everyone on the team to understand how they can be appropriate in the moment? Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is where the, the first thing that we are seeing when we're going into organizations is oftentimes the leader will cast the goal and say, this is the number we're trying to hit, or this is where we're going, and they hand it down to their people. And what we would say is, um, there's just a, a slight tweak to be made. The leader can still cast a vision for the direction they want to go. Hey, when I look at next year, I see us going in this direction. And then invite the conversation. Invite feedback. Give your people permission to debate and ask questions. Because when they do, they start to feel a sense of buy-in. And Kaylin, talk to this. Talk to that a little bit because you, from day one when you came into this company, you were very vocal about it's not just one way to do things, but when you involve multiple multiple voices, something else becomes possible. Yeah, I would say that sometimes as a leader, you're trying to make so many decisions so quickly that the fastest way to get from point A to point B is just to pick a path and say this is the path. And what I challenged you to do, Jeff, is I said, well, Jeff, is this the Jeff Woods way or is this the only way to get there? And I remember you looked at me and you you sort of stopped and you, you took a moment to reflect on whether that was true or not. And so together, we started to explore different paths. And, and maybe that the fastest path wasn't actually the best path because when you start to have dialogue about it and really bring conversation around what's the actual goal versus just getting there... There was a richness to how we got there then, and we got there together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I, what I want you to hear is the, the goal for the organization or the goal for your team, this is not a democracy. It's not like you open up this debate and everybody gets about in majority rules. It's still the leader's job to say what the goal is. What we're suggesting is that as you go into your goal-setting retreat this year, can you sit down with your team and say, hey, directionally, I think this is where we need to go. I want you to come prepared so that when we actually sit down and do this, you can bring some ideas to the table. Here's what we've seen, how this has looked like. So we had, we've had the chance recently to facilitate some of these sessions inside of larger companies. And I'm thinking about a very specific leader inside an organization. We're not going to share the name of the organization. But she stood up and said, Hey, directionally, this is where I think we as a team and an organization need to be going. Now challenge me. She literally said, now challenge me, debate me. And people started saying, well, is that really the goal? Or is that really the right measure of success? And for 90 minutes, she just asked questions to the group and they kept refining it and refining until she finally said, okay, time's up. I think I've got what I need. Here's where we're going. That doesn't mean that every single person's suggestion made it into the final goal. Their voice was heard. And based on that, every single person understood where they were going in the organization and why they were going there. They felt like their DNA was in it. When you open up the floor for questions and challenging and debate on your goals, as a leader, it takes a level of vulnerability to go there with your team. Because what you're saying is, 
I don't have all the answers. I think this is what I know to be true. Can you confirm it? Can you prove me wrong? Can you poke holes in it? It really does take courage to invite that conversation in order to make your goals more clear and to get buy-in and to and to partner to get there. Yeah. And I also think just I think we become a lot stronger when you invite multiple voices into the room because as a leader you only have one perspective. Yet there are other people who have a unique perspective on the business that you may not see. And this is just creating a space where you're making it safe for them to make suggestions, to ask questions so that you have the best information possible to make a decision. Yeah. Jeff, walk through that conversation. You mentioned you invite the dialogue, you invite the debate. And what are the constraints that you can have this conversation so it's productive versus, <laughs> a, I don't know, that the goals could get just sort of torn apart and trashed about? What, what are the bumper rails that you can put in that conversation so it can truly be productive? Sure. Well, let's, let's talk about it in the construct of a GPS. So for those of you who don't know, the GPS is our one-page business plan. And just like the GPS in your phone, it gets you to where you want to go. It stands for goal, priorities, and strategies. The goal is the big direction how you'll know if you're successful. The priorities are the major initiatives that must be done in order to achieve the goal. And the strategies are those supporting actions that make that priority possible. We do it in that order. You start with the goal, then you earn the right to go to the priorities, then you earn the right to go to the strategies. One of the things that we saw specifically with this group in this organization is you had a room of analytical people who were talking about the goal. And all of a sudden, they start saying, well, if we do that, what about this strategy that we've been doing? What, what happens to that thing? They, people have a tendency to get into the weeds. They have a tendency to talk about the fine details before they've actually earned the right to. Because until you know the direction that you are going, and until you know what success looks like, how can you actually know of all the things that are on your plate, what are the priorities and what are the things that might be distractions? There's a tendency too, Jeff, that people can have an experience in the past that they maybe cling too tightly to to inform where they want to go. And let me break this down to the sense that like, there can be activities that you've done for years and you just have done them over and over again. And whether they're attached to the result that you want or not, sometimes it's hard to let go of those activities because they've now become routine. Or there can be preciousness around something that you think is so integral, but when you actually try to line it up with the overall objective, it just doesn't match. So that there's an emotional attachment to these priorities that sometimes takes some mindful conversation. Yeah. And again, what is the purpose of a goal? It's to be appropriate in the moment. Well, here's a, here's a real example of this. We, we saw inside another organization where all the department heads, as we they went into the next year, were asking for budget increases so that they could hire people to take on the initiatives they wanted to take on. And leadership made a really interesting observation, which was that all these department heads wanted more people because they were trying to do everything. And what the, the leader asked was, show me what your 20% priorities are that support the overall goal of the organization. Give me clarity on those priorities first. Then show me the org chart you need to support those priorities. 
Not the org chart to support 100% of everything. Show me the 20% that's going to generate 80% plus of the results. And let's make sure we've got the right talent for those people first. Because deep down, they understood that everything didn't matter equally. How did the team respond to that? I think it was eye-opening for them because they, they first... They obviously knew what the one thing was because they'd gone through that. And they just went, oh my goodness, we were treating everything like it mattered equally. And they also found out, and this is what you were saying, Kaylin, about just because they've been doing things, they were looking at all the things they had been doing in the, at, at, in the past and saying, we must keep doing that. And then they were trying to figure out how the new goal and vision for the company fit inside of it, rather than drawing a line saying, that's the past, this is the future. What's our goal? And based on that, what are the handful of things that we can do that would be most appropriate to drive the results that we desire? It wasn't fitting the vision into the strategies. It was fitting the priorities and strategies into the vision. I think people sometimes forget to do that. I can imagine there's a layer of freedom that shows up when you suddenly get to cut loose some of the activities and responsibilities that actually aren't generating the results. It is once you start doing it. There's, there's all of a sudden this, but what about this, 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 and this? And we've always been doing that. Yes, and the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. If this is the goal and if this is where we've all debated and if we're saying this is the direction we're going, help us understand how... The people that you have on your team, the resources that you've been budgeting, how those are getting the highest ROI possible for this result. And it is a liberating factor once you just can truly embrace the fact that everything does not matter equally. Yeah. Let's let's recap a little bit because I think we've covered a lot of ground and I just want to make sure that our listeners have a clear idea of how to move forward. So sure. the first thing you do as a leader is invite the conversation to interrogate the goal. As the leadership of the company, you are saying, this is the direction I think we should go based on what I know. Tell me what you think and tell me where, I'm, where I've got blind spots. So you're inviting that debate, correct? Yes. Yes. And at that point, the leader simply gets more perspective on things they might have been missing, assumptions they might have made that may not be correct so that they can make an accurate decision to the best of their ability to say, okay, this is the goal. This is where they're going. And Jeff, maybe this is brass tacks, but is this all in the same meeting or do you break this up into separate separate time blocks? What we usually advise, and this is what we're doing inside our company and for the companies that we, we do these workshops for, we, we have the leader do homework. The leader has to cast the vision of what they think the directional goal is. They then have to send it to their team and invite that type of feedback so that people are thinking about it. Then when we come into the room, when we've time-blocked our goal-setting retreat and we get in the room, they are then hashing it out and having that conversation in the room. And the leader is saying, okay, this is what the goal is going to be. Now, that doesn't mean that the that's the, the leader making the best decision possible. They could make some subtle tweaks, but they're usually 90% of the way there at that point. Got it. Got it. So then we come together and we start to tackle the priorities that will make achieving that goal possible. Exactly. Again, this is where we want to make sure... I made this mistake. It happened last year, in fact, when I, I picked the goal and you know I, I, I didn't 
invite the feedback of the team. And I listed out all the priorities and strategies and I showed it to Jay. And Jay looked at me and said, Wait a minute, you've got Kaylin's name next to that. Why is it already filled out? And it just hit me like a two by four across the face. I was like, Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> so I, I had to delete it and say, Okay, Kaylin, if membership's your one thing, show me how you're going to get it done. And I can say, Jeff, I think sometimes as a leader, like you were doing that as a favor to me. You were trying to say, like, hey, I've got clarity. I think Kaylin's awesome at this. I want to give her this opportunity. And also, without sort of my permission or my buy in, it's much harder for me to fully own that priority if it's just handed to me without my. My feedback. Yeah. And there's another pitfall, which is if you go to your people and say, these are the priorities and these are the strategies, you may bias them. So at, at a goal level, you get to cast the direction and at least channel them in a, in a certain area. Yet the conversations we're having internally this year, we haven't done our goal setting retreat yet. We will be right after we host the couples retreat for for everyone else is we're we're talking about from a high level directionally what is our goal and i've already challenged you and tony and the rest of the team to say i need you to start thinking about what the major priorities are that are going to make this goal possible that way everybody's already percolating on the ideas so that when we come together for our goal setting retreat it's a productive conversation we're not having to create from scratch and jeff what's the difference between a goal and a priority the goal is the measure of success, how you'll know if you're successful. And in an ideal world, it would be specific. It would be measurable. And what we've seen in, like for some IT organizations we've been working with, it's not always a clear cut, specific, measurable result they're looking for. Sometimes it's a directional North Star. It's something that every single person inside that organization can know, can rattle off. And we'll allow them to ask, am I being appropriate in the moment? So that's that North Star directional goal. The priorities are the major initiatives that you are going to take on that make achieving the goal possible. And you mentioned that when you shared your GPS with Jay, your priorities had... Some of them had my name on them. Some of them had your name on them. How, how do you navigate that ownership piece? Sure. This is, this is a key thing that we also would ask you as you listen to this episode, when you're putting your business plan in place each year, are you assigning an owner to each line item? Because when you do that, you suddenly solve one of the big challenges that people have, which is they don't know what piece of the pie they own. So I looked up and will say, I'll have a sense of who's going to own what. And... Depending on how large your organization is, like next week we're doing a, a workshop for, for a group where the leader intentionally deleted the names because they've got enough people inside that org that they want to see what happens in the room. Who really thinks that they should own it? And they're going to they're gonna open it up to debate inside the room versus just saying, I believe it's this person when they hadn't gotten the DNA and buy-in from everybody else. With the goal to the priority and ownership of each priority, mm -hmm. how do you break that down further? Sure. And this is, this is the beauty. So a lot of this is very group collaborative. Let's talk about the goal. The leader makes the decision. Then we're saying, okay, what are the major priorities that are going to get us there? And people are whipping out sticky notes and they're writing their ideas down and we're, we're collaborating on it. And then we're going, okay, what's the order of the priority? If we could only focus on one thing this year, I know we're going to focus on more, but in a strange world where we only got to do one thing, what's the one priority that's going to make the biggest impact as it pertains to this goal? 
you make that number one. Should we earn the right to focus on another? What's it going to be? Once we get the priorities listed and in order of priority, we're asking the question, who actually owns this? And we're discussing it until we, until the leader says, I believe this is the person who's going to own it. Then it's time to go down to the strategies. How are we going to accomplish that priority? Kaylin, whose job do you think it is to come up with the strategies? Each strategy is authored by the person that really understands and owns that priority with the people that support it, correct? Exactly. So for example, if Kaylin, if you're going to own retention for next year, I'm not going to be the one that comes up with the strategies that make your retention priority possible. That's going to be for you to sit down with your team to say, okay, what do we think? What are the main strategies that we can do to accomplish this priority? If we could only focus on one, what would it be? Should we earn the right to focus on another? What would it be? And who owns each one? Absolutely. And that exercise of breaking it down is also a great tool for me to say, hey, Jeff, like, I can do this and this and this, but I probably need to hire a contractor to do this. Or we have a missing person that we might need by June that we need to start recruiting for now. So it really reveals what the necessary ingredients to make that priority happen. Mm-hmm. And if there are any gaps that have been identified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And think about this the whole time. Um, for some of you, if you're listening to this and going, gosh, this seems like a lot of work. It's not that much work if you have a framework to follow. I mean, it is work. We don't want to downplay that. But it's not as fast as just going into an office and writing the business plan yourself. You're certainly right. It is going to take longer to invite the conversations. Yet, it's one of those slow down now to speed up much later. Because when the people inside your team or inside your organization were a part of creating that vision, They understand why they're doing what they're doing. They understand how what they do on a weekly, monthly, annual basis lines up with the whole team or the whole organization. And when new things come in, new priorities come in, they're able to clearly look at that and say, All right, I'm hearing you say we now need to focus on this. But I also remember us taking time to discuss these things. Help me understand where this falls in the order of priority. It's no longer blindly saying, yes, let me just go run and do this. They, they co-authored a vision and they're committed to it. And if they're going to deviate, they want to understand why and where it fits. It's a powerful tool to hold against what shows up on your plate. Like It's just a mirror that you can say, Is this, does this reflect what I'm trying to achieve overall? And it makes decision-making so much faster. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you share, share an example of how that's happened for you? Because transparently, like I'm that classic leader, lots of energy. You know, I, I do like shiny objects myself. I want to do things very fast. And there's a downside to that. One example this year is we've really been exploring the idea of what is the technology that helps us support people in living their one thing. We know that that's something we want to do. And it wasn't on our GPS for 2019. We had technology supports and we had ways that we were going to augment our current systems. But when the idea of creating a brand new shiny app landed in Jeff Wood's purview, he went full on down the app train because it was so exciting. And, and there's, it's just a glittering new thing that didn't line up directly with all the other things we wanted to achieve. 
And that was a tough conversation. And it didn't happen all at once because you really wanted to line that app up with what we had said we were going to do. And it, we weren't quite ready for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and here's what I want all of you to hear. Um, it's okay if you're not perfect living the one thing. Just because you're the leader or wherever you are on the team doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't exist. I promise you, I am certainly not perfect living the one thing. It's about following a path of mastery. And that's where the beauty of creating a type of culture where you invite other people's ideas in because Kaylin and I have created the type of relationship where she can push back. I haven't always done the best job of listening, but it's at least it's there. Just the thing about living the one thing, perfection and failure and black and white, it doesn't really operate that way. It's a tool and a muscle to use when decisions come your way and when distractions come your way. And the skill of identifying a distraction from a priority, it's just, it's an ongoing process. There's no, there's no perfection. I don't even know how to articulate it quite well because I'm learning as I live it that when I fail and when I can identify it as a failure, that awareness of, oh, I'm chasing a glittery object because my one thing right now is boring. Like I have the awareness to to say it, acknowledge it, and move on to the one thing. Correct. Then you're not thinking big enough. You know you're doing it right when you are failing fast, but you're failing forward. It's it it's helping you look up and create an awareness to say, great, based on that, what can I do differently? It's easy to fool ourselves into thinking that because we've succeeded in a thousand different directions a little bit, that we're making actual progress. When if it's not getting us to where we want to go, then is it progress really? Oh man. So earlier this week, um, we were doing a workshop for somebody. And we after we did the, the lie that everything matters equally, we asked for some ahas. And somebody stood up and they just their eyes were so big and they grabbed the microphone and they said, I just realized my entire career, I looked at everything on my plate and I imagined it as little individual football players on the 10-yard line. And I told myself that each player had to move forward one yard at a time. And I wouldn't move another player forward another yard until I had moved all the other ones up. But I'm realizing I'm not anywhere close to the goal line. Whereas had I just narrowed my focus down to one or a few things and just driven those, I would have been putting points up on the board for years. Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Anyone. And it's a matter of saying like, if I really do want... If I have a clear destination, I can't just kind of meander and explore and make little bits of progress here and there. Because it's not getting you where you want to go. Just because you're moving doesn't mean you're moving forward. It's, it's, it's why so many people are busy. And then at the end of the day, question if they're actually getting anything done. Yeah. So here's, let's fly up to, to 10,000 feet. Because here's what we want you to hear. Um, however you've been doing goal setting in the past, there's no right, there's no wrong. What there is, is the way you've done it. And based on what you hear in this episode, you get to ask, you get to ask the question, Based on that, what can I do differently this year? What we hope you hear is that no one succeeds alone. So don't try to. If you are the leader of the organization, cast a vision in terms of a general direction you want to go and invite the feedback of your team. And if you're not the leader, 
We're going to have a conversation about what you can do in just a second. But once you can agree on where you are going and the leader is able to say, this is it, you then as a team get to say, what are the priorities they're going to get us there? And you debate it. What's the order of those priorities? Who owns each one? And then it's for the owner of that priority to work with their team to identify the strategies that are going to get you there. This is crowdsourcing a vision and a plan for your team and your business. And when you do this, every person has clarity on where they're going, why they're going there, the piece of the pie that they own. And when priorities change, all they do is they hold up that GPS and they go, great, I'm hearing you say we now need to add this priority. Where would you, pre- where would you place that? Is it the new number one? Is it the new number two? Is it the new number three? And based on that, what does that mean for everything below it? It's just a compass to keep guiding you. Jeff, you mentioned a lot of our listeners aren't the leader of the organization. They're not the one casting the vision. They're the one that is doing the work to make it happen. So what would you suggest someone do if they're an individual working in a bigger organization or a small team that they don't have a lot of control over how that vision is cast down? We first and foremost have to understand that all leadership begins with self-leadership. I'll say that again because it's really important. All leadership begins with self-leadership. Whether you are the CEO of the company or the front desk person, you cast a shadow. You are showing up in the world a certain way. It is casting a shadow and you have an impact on other people. Proof of this is that the largest companies that we've brought in, been brought into, we're talking Fortune 50, happened because an individual contributor started living the book as an individual and eventually asked, how do I do this with my team? How do I do this with my whole company? And they started having conversations. First and foremost, you got to understand that you have power. And once you can wrap your head around that, it's about asking the question, what is in it for them? The the high-level points that we want you to hear is that most companies, the data shows employees are not clear on the priorities. They are not clear on what to do when priorities change. And they do not feel aligned with the other people that are required for them to be successful. So I would go and talk to that person and ask them, what would be possible if we had a way to put a plan in place next year where everybody was clear on their priorities, they knew what to do when priorities changed, and they knew how to get alignment with people that didn't report to them, but yet they still had to work together. And if you need to pause this episode, rewind and write it down, do it. I would encourage you to have them listen to this episode because that'll then you don't have to do all the teaching. They can hear this as well. And then I would go over to the one thing.com. If you go to the free stuff page, you will see the GPS template there, the one page business plan. Download that thing. That is your compass. That is your guide. What is our goal? What are our priorities? What are our strategies? And use this episode as your guide. If you go to the training page on there, in the very near future, we are going to have a full-blown foundational course on how to build your one-page business plan. So if you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, if you go to onething.com slash training, that's with the number one in the URL. The second section is the foundational courses. You will see it there. It'll say coming soon. Enter your email. We'll let you know when it's out. And for those of you, if you're listening to it about a month later, it'll already be available to you. And this is going to be available to all of our annual members for free as well. Jeff, we just covered a lot of ground and a lot of options. So for you, our listeners, the question 
is of all of those options, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? Pick one, folks, to start. Pick one. We would also ask you, we we told you at the beginning of the episode, you will know you were successful in this episode. You will know if you got an, an ROI on the investment of your time if you could identify one thing that you can weave into your goal-setting practice this year. What is it? Understand that if you want to be a practice leader of the one thing, that means you don't listen to the next episode until you've identified an answer. You don't walk into that meeting until you have identified an answer. And hitting the wall of, I don't know, it's not acceptable. Push, search for the answer. Of all the things you heard in this episode, What's one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? If this episode has brought value to you, please do us a favor. Who's a person that you know needs to hear this? We share it with them. We share it with somebody on your team. Who's one person that you work with who's really important to your success? Can you just get them a little bit more aligned with you by sharing this with them? And if you are new to the one thing, welcome. Please click the subscribe button. It'll make sure that all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. And if you would do this for us, it would mean the world. Please leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It helps us reach more people and fulfill our purpose of helping change the way people view time and having a relationship with their goals. Thanks so much for listening to The One Thing Podcast. And we look forward to being with you on the next episode. 